Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On episode 31 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, Adam and Scott are back to talk preseason as West Ham hosts Manchester City to open the season. Before that, we touch on West Ham's transfer window and grade every move the Hammers made. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome back. Episode 31 is live. It's uh, the Green Street Hammers podcast with you. Myself, Adam, and Scott. Scott, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I am good. I'm excited. The transfer window is closed and over, and we basically have just uh, two sleeps until West Ham are back. For me, that'll be a 7.30 a.m. game. For you, uh, what would that be like? 9.30 p.m. Oh, that's not bad. That's actually pretty good. Australia time there. Get to watch this one rather than it being a you know, five to three or whatever the other ones are three o'clock in the morning. So. You've been saved. You've been saved. Uh, so that's so that's exciting. I, we're all kind of over the top excited about what's actually going to be coming up here for West Ham this season and seeing where the, the squad can take off to. Um, first things first, though, we need to discuss the transfer window, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been. Uh, not a blockbuster of a final day, but I think it's been a very interesting final day across the Premier League and for us as well. Uh, the last few days have rounded out some nice activity. I'd say so. And let's start from the top, and or maybe let's start least exciting to and finish most exciting for West Ham. Uh, and we'll go through. We'll give some some grades on the transfer and we'll on the transfers, excuse me. And we'll see where we think uh, you know it's gonna how it's gonna play out for West Ham. Um, and we'll start with backup backup keeper David Martin. Uh, I believe it was a free transfer from Millwall. Alvin Martin's son. Uh, he's in his mid thirties uh, and is the third choice keeper. I would be surprised if we see him at all this uh, this season. How, how about you? Is there any sort of expectation we can have for him? No, I mean he's not even the backup keeper. I think that goes to um, Roberto. Roberto. So I mean, look, it's. I think it's a move that is good for the player and it's decent for the club as well because I think it boosts our homegrown quota and uh, just means that we don't have to worry about that in a more contentious spot. Uh, if, yeah, if your backup backup keeper is helping you that do that, I think we've seen Rob Green do that for Chelsea in the last couple of seasons. I think um, there was a... I think City were looking at signing uh, Ben Carson on a loan or something like this to do the same thing. It's uh, it's a very common um, ploy by Premier League teams, and I think that's it. I think that's all we got for him. Just fill that fill that uh, homegrown you know roster up, and also you know last season we were relying on uh, Adrian as the backup, and then Nathan Trot if there was ever any injuries. But he's never realistically going to play at his age last season and certainly this year. Uh, I'm not even sure if he, he thinks he's injured right now for Wimbledon uh, with a groin injury, possibly. But um, 
it's it's not going to do much developmentally for a kid to go sit on the bench behind a backup keeper beside a first choice keeper so I like the idea of getting in Martin. Uh, apparently, the wages of Roberto and Martin combined were significantly less than Adrian's and what he was asking for if he wanted a new deal. So um, yeah. that's smart business, I think. Roberto and Adrian are pretty well level, in my opinion, as well. Uh, Adrian was a really dramatic shot stopper, and uh, he, he was atrocious off of his line, couldn't really command the back line all that well. So the bar isn't all that high, but I think if you can – reach that bar even slightly exceed it you'll be okay but that's not for david martin he's again to be english and be in the squad and to keep it competitive on the training pitch in my estimation yeah no 100 percent. and we'll, we'll move on to his uh uh his battery mate uh roberto the 33 year old i believe keeper from uh from spain uh looks very uh much like a bond villain as we've discussed before but uh, he, he actually got a solid run out in preseason based on um, based on some in, some injuries, especially to Fabianski. Uh, oh, also, uh, I guess I don't know what would what would we grade David Martin's transfer like a C? I guess it just checks a box. Oh yeah, it's uh, it, yeah. As you say, it checks a box. I don't think it's going to impact our playing uh, squad playing uh, ability or anything. Um, okay, so yeah, so we have Roberto now, and. He looked a bit shaky in the preseason, but the fact that Pellegrini was instantly um, sort of he was instantly thinking that we needed another defender makes me think that he's seeing that it's not you know those goals against weren't necessarily on Roberto and basically that you know the team's de- defense needs to, to beef themselves up a little bit. So um, I think this is a, this is another strong pick. I believe he came from Espanol, so uh, he comes from a top division. Spanish team, La Liga. Uh, he's 33 years old, as mentioned before. Uh, he'll sort of push Fabianski, but there's no real, um, you know, challenge there for Fabianski to to keep him aside. But I think it's a good move. Uh, again, it's very cheap, and again, just fills the team with a little more uh, veteran presence that's becoming increasingly more and more young. So again, maybe I would rate this one a C plus because he is, uh, after all, a uh, a proven first team top tier keeper, but it's nothing that's going to really set you set you on fire. Yeah, I think you uh, you covered all the points there. It's a it's a player who's going to come in when Fabian's injured or maybe in some cup matches. But the thing is, is like up to a certain point, a uh, goalkeeper standard isn't particularly important if the defense in front of him is solid. As you, like as you noted, if we've got a solid defense in front of Roberto, I think we'll be okay. And, some cut matches against some lower league teams but yeah if you wanted a better goalkeeper than Roberto you're going to have to pay a fair amount for him and I think we get someone in of that standard that's fine uh, he's cheaper than Adrian was Adrian's gone off to Liverpool uh, and all the best to him it's uh, just a squad balancing thing I don't think it's again I, it shouldn't impact the uh, ability of the squad to perform well this season and it was someone that uh, Pellegrini and Husilios were both familiar with from their time in Malaga. So I, there, there's something there that you, you know you can trust the players. The players know they can trust the management. Again, it sort of congeals the team. But, yeah, I, I would give it a C plus. I don't know if you got a ranking there that's any different. Um, what, do, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, th- I, say, I think in terms of value, I think you can't be uh, any worse than a C because it doesn't deplete anything uh, and it – ticks boxes but it doesn't yeah it's not exciting i suppose so it can't be 
We'll move on here to uh, our new center back, uh, Goncalvo, Goncayo uh, Cardoso, Portuguese, 18-year-old center back. Uh, he came from uh, Buena Vista, from Liga Nos in, in Portugal. He's a highly rated uh, prospect, uh, potentially one for the future for the Portuguese international team. He comes to us on a, on a long-term deal, cheap wages, but ready and excited to sort of break out and, and take a spot in the first team. What was your initial reaction when, when the league started coming out that there was an unnamed player from Portugal that West Ham were looking at and when it eventually turned out to be uh, Cardoso? What were your thoughts? Uh, I think it's a, a very interesting move. I mean, we've been for oh, apparently been focusing on signing younger players for the last few years as we look to sort of uh, correct some wrongs of uh, yesteryear where we signed players that were past it or what we thought were in their prime but tended up, ended up being past it anyway and uh, so this is a good move for that it's someone who's come in on a decent value it's not a uh, young British player that we signed for 40 million or something weird it's um, yeah it's a youth player that if it does well, we haven't expended that much but the buzz around him is good and we're really looking at building sides around these young players and we can sort of move these players in and out rather than having to do wholesale changes and throw six seven new players into a lineup at once so I think it's a very good move yeah, I, I agree as well. I'm going to sort of rank this one or, or grade this one. I'm going to give it a B, um, which kind of maybe seems high for a player that's not really proven all that much. He only has 15 matches with uh, a first-tier team or top-tier team in Portugal. So um, it seems maybe high, but it's more for what it signifies because this very easily could have been Gary Cahill signing for West Ham on crazy wages on a deal that was probably one or two years too long. And I love that, like you had mentioned, the emphasis is changing and switching to West Ham signing young players, signing players who can help now, but also are going to be added to the team in the future. Um, potentially, this is a, a partner for Issa Diop if he sticks around at West Ham. Uh, he's a player to even push. Uh, I think initially the push is going to be to, to move out Ogbonna and Reed as the third and fourth choice center backs and, and assert himself there, and then eventually try to push out whoever makes a mistake in the first team. And Pellegrini going out and buying this player because of what he saw in preseason makes me think that he's not going to be afraid to to put him into the lineup immediately. Oh yeah, I mean it's a, it's an interesting one because we're sitting here going, I like obviously our first two centre backs are um, Balboina and Dior, but what do you do uh, after that? The rankings are very much up for grabs. I mean Reed's coming back from God knows how long out. I mean, in terms of ability, he's better than Ogbonna, but Ogbonna's played in the last few years. Um, he's been there consistently. Um, so, yeah, he's got a chance of really forcing himself in that lineup because whereas Ogbonna has been playing, if you take... He's, he's not really dynamic enough to replace either Balboina or Diop uh, as a like-for-like. Like. So it'll be interesting to see how um, how Cardoso actually moves in on that, that position. Do you have a grade for us on this one? Uh, I'd go for a B plus. I think it's. Uh, I think the value. Of it, we paid something like two million, two and a half million. I think it's great value. Um, he's someone that can really come in and uh, push the sort of the squad players that think they're sort of safe. They're they're on the edge of the squad, but they're um, yeah, you know, they're earning a living and they get to play some football. Or maybe they don't now. They're going to have to push it. They're going to really have to go up, and it covers us for injuries as well because we all know what we're like with an injury. <laughs> uh, 
uh, injury like early in the season, just as we think we're um, actually getting into things. Uh, there's always one or two. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a sensible move, and I think it's interesting for the next few years. So I'll go for a B plus. Love it. I love it. I think we're on the same page. It's very kind of it's very exciting to to see the transfer policy changing a bit here. And we heard that it was going to and didn't necessarily see it, but now we're seeing it come into fruition. Uh, we'll move on to the transfer deadline deal, which is kind of a ploy from the team to keep everyone happy. Uh, it seems like uh, Albion Algeti was signed, or Algeti was signed last night with the team. Uh, it's a it's a deal that costs eight million up front with potential two million or three million added on in uh, fees and clauses for Premier League starts, as Claire and Hugh had sort of described there. Um, the striker is 22 years old. He comes from FC Basel. He is a pretty solid scoring machine for them. Uh, he's played for the Swiss international team as well. He looks to be a real, I don't know, dynamic goal scorer, I would say. I looked up some some uh, YouTube videos, which I, uh, I can hand up. All I can say is that's all I've, all I've seen from him. But he's he makes really sort of decisive runs in between and, and behind the center backs of the opposition's team and sort of pulls them out of position, but also... He's really elusive, and, and he tends to score a good amount of headers, even though he's only six feet tall, because he drops his coverage and slips away. So he can he can create that space for himself. Could be deadly with Holler, um, and also could be sort of a, a benefactor of the team playing the ball on the floor now and and using that really packed midfield to to open up the pitch. So I really really like this signing. I looked into him when X said that uh, last week that we were looking at players from each of those teams, Basel and Eindhoven. So. Uh, I'm really excited that we got this one across the board and I was excited to hear that he was turning down offers from other teams that were meeting their asking price because he wanted to come to West Ham. That's yeah. something that's really, you really want to hear. Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, I wrote an article about, uh, there were some people, um, moaning about the fact that we were trying to get him for 2 million by the asking price. And, uh, if we hadn't got him, I would have agreed with them. If we, if that had caused us to lose out on a player, that we obviously wanted it's a case of like that's not a great technique if it's only eight million uh, and you want him and he wants to come to you brilliant uh, and i think there was a championship team that was uh, meeting this clause so everyone was kind of calling us uh, uh, calling the board out on their ability to match championship uh, teams in bidding but it's worth seeing if you can if you know someone's desperate to come to you they're not going to make a snap decision in a few hours to join someone else yeah, why not give it a go? But yeah, we got him. We ended up paying for asking price uh, because of our deadline being a hell of a lot earlier than most other European clubs, uh, leagues, sorry. Uh, so it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, it makes it very interesting to just see where we're going or where or if Chicharito is going. Um, because there were some rumors that if we got another striker in, he would be off. I don't know. Does it leave the squad a bit too empty? If we do, a bit light up front, or if something happens to Halle, I mean, your next choice is probably Mikhail Antonio, or unless you start putting like Yarmolenko up front, maybe? I don't know. Uh, you then start having to force people into other positions. It's interesting. My question to you was going to be, who's the number two striker? Is it Ajedi or is it Chicharito? What do you think there? Uh, I think... On history, it's still Chicharito, but it's uh, he's someone who's proven a goal. Uh, he's proven goal scorer. He will score goals. Ajeti, uh, again, I haven't seen enough of him. He's got decent stats. He scores goals uh, again, but he's done it in 
Belgian league and this kind of thing, it's a bit it's a bit different to scoring in the Premier League. So uh, if he comes in, and again, there's some if Chicharito hangs around, it's a, it's a position that's up for grabs because he hasn't exactly set the world on fire at, at West Ham. Um, he's yeah, there's there's things to play for, and I think that's another thing that's exciting about that that signing is we really are pushing the squad. We're trying to make this squad something like better all round, not just like five or six players trying to carry us through. The squad is getting better. And it's an exciting time to be sure in this signing sort of, um, in the the challenges that it makes for the team within itself is good too. I think, I, I want to say that the team's probably not going to invest a lot of time in Chicharito because he's at the end of his contract. So I could see him even being off in January if, if push comes to shove uh, and he wants to sort of move out quickly if he's not getting starts. I could see that happening. If not, I could I could see him coming on as like a late-game sub, but also being um, a secondary striker with Haller so, or Ale. Um, so I think that he has a role, but it's going to be very not small but it's going to be very specific so i don't know how he'll factor into it i think that we're going to see cup starts going to uh, a jetty and we're going to see exactly what this guy can do against lower league opposition to, to sort of wet his feet a little bit there but also see if we give him a string of games or a string of appearances he see if he can actually put something together but i'm happy we got him i would give this this signing here a b plus again it's not um it's not a Germany, Italy, France, or, or Spain, or English striker that's proven in those top leagues. It's sort of a tier underneath it, but he's been scoring in Champions League. He scores like crazy in the in the Dutch league or, or sort of the Swiss league. So he he's an exciting player, and and I want to see more of him to see if he can prove it. Yeah, hundred percent. I think we've got someone who's uh, yeah. It takes all the same boxes that um, the previous transfer. We graded it. He's young. He's exciting. He's uh, potentially someone who could be around the club for the next uh, five, six years and still not be old or past it. So yeah, I think it's a good sign for us, and um, it's something that we've been lacking. Is uh, is a, a quality young striker for a while. I mean, we had Tony Martinez around the club, uh, but he was obviously loaned out year after year. Uh, the club didn't trust him to stay around. Um, so yeah, I think we've got something exciting there. Now we move on to uh, Pablo Fornals, uh, the first signing of real intent that we had this summer. Uh, this midfielder was signed before the Under-21 European Championship, uh, and he lit it up with Spain. He's, I believe, 23 now, so uh, he, he got to play in that because he was 21 before qualification started, so it all works out. Anyways, uh, he's been lighting it up in preseason. He's been linking up really well with uh, our new striker and as well with Lanzini, who loves playing off him, and even uh, Anderson out wide. Uh, I actually, <coughs> excuse me, absolutely love the way he plays. He's always looking forward. He gets the ball in turns, and he key moves after he passes the ball. He doesn't just admire where the ball has gone. He's looking to take the next step forward, and he's also... Um, it's like a 50-50 shoot pass mentality for him. If he's near the box, he's going to try and take a shot. He's going to try and get something off. So um, I do love to see how exciting he is on the pitch. What are your initial thoughts on the limited action we've seen from Fornals? I think he's a super exciting player. Um, for everything we go about playing the West Ham way, like pass and move, pass and move, 
Uh, he is it. Uh, he, uh, he's, as you said, he, he doesn't stop and admire his past. What I love about him is, I think when you when the um, opposition look at him, they go, oh, he's not particularly pacey. Like, uh, he does have some dribbling skill. So I should be as long as I keep close to him, we should be okay. But he doesn't stop moving. Uh, it's not a case of he's sprinting left, right, and centre, or he's got like electric pace like Anderson. He just keeps on moving and he's just twisting and turning, and he just finds those pockets of space. Uh, I think he's going to be really exciting. Uh, I think he's something we've really missed. Uh, I thought we also missed it because we didn't have Lanzini. But that ability to occupy space in between the midfield and attack, is it's tough. I mean, if you think about the best exponents of it, uh, it's probably someone like David Silva um, at Man City. He's someone that, I mean, David Silva doesn't have electric pace or anything. He just keeps moving. And he's got uh, like both feet. He's able to uh, control the ball and pass the ball, release it. Or if he gets enough space around the box, give it a go. Um, I did a comparison between Lanzini and Fornals, and yeah, Fornals does like a shot. He's uh, he, he's not afraid to take it on from outside. But while Lanzini probably has a goal-scoring edge on him, Fornals' ability to find space and keep the ball alive is it's incredible. If you look at the uh, the kind of the stats that go into the build-up and how how much time he is on the ball in a in a goal-scoring move, I think it's a really really good sign. I think we're gonna we're gonna fall in love pretty quickly with him for for West Ham here. I, I'm gonna give the the signing like an A. I, I, oh, 100%. yeah, I, for this for this price, yeah. Exactly. It's just it, it's just all around great business. We'll move on to the final signing here. Sebastian, uh, as us non-French would say, Haller or Alle, as he is being pronounced by the French. Um, the towering striker was at Frankfurt in uh, Bundesliga last season. He played alongside Jovic, who went to Real Madrid. West Ham signed him for around forty million pounds. Uh, and it looks like he could be a solid return on investment, if not for his goal scoring, for literally everything else he, he presents to the team. Great hold-up play, great passing, and I think this is a home run for West Ham. This is the type of player they're looking for. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he, he does he does score goals. I mean, uh, again, I did a comparison between him and Arnautovic, uh, stats-wise, over the last couple of years. Um, they score roughly the same number of goals, um, but... Uh, Ale doesn't take as many shots. Uh, he's very selective of when he is pulling that trigger, and he's far better at bringing others into play. Uh, he's someone that's going to be willing to drop off, uh, nod the ball back, take it and pass, rather than uh, take it, turn and shoot. So whilst it means that we are relying on other people to get in, we have that now. We have that ability. If, I mean, the last few games we've been playing with Anderson, uh, Lanzini, and Fornells behind him. If you can suddenly bring those three in more often, that's a, that's a dangerous mix. And even Wilshere too on that goal. He assisted beautifully yeah. to the top of the box. That's the thing is that, I mean, if you have someone that's able to hold the ball, link it up, but also provide enough danger that he's going to be marked, uh, or they're going to be worried about a shot, it's a, it's a very potent mix. And yeah, you can see, really see with Allaire and um, Fornell signing, you can really see that Pellegrini is trying to stamp like stamp his mark on it and go we're going to hold that ball and it's going to look like we're going to really be uh aiming to keep the ball off the, off the opposition it's not going to be a case of a long ball or 
sort of uh, direct play. It's going to be build up. It's going to be into that, get it into that attacking area and hold it until we can create a chance. Something I really like to see with him in preseason that he's done really well is when he has to go wider when he's passing the ball immediately. And this is in opposition to Arnautovic. Immediately when, when the ball is gone and he's no longer the primary passing target, he turns around and gets to the middle of the pitch. He gets to the middle of the box and he's looking for a ball in the air or a header or just basically to keep their defenders central and open up some other lanes for, for different players. Arnautovic would have that winger mentality and the give me the ball at all times mentality where he'll try and make a run after he makes a pass and it'll take him to the corner where he's not going to be able to do much. Uh, Allaire uh, has been great at, at sort of dropping off, giving the ball away, distributing it, and getting back to the middle of the of the box and being that center forward that we're, we're kind of looking for. So I think A-plus a on this one for West Ham. They spent big on him, but they had to, and they quickly turned their target from Maxi Gomez to him, which I think could end up being a, a real positive move for the club. Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, uh, Pellegrini wanted Gomez, but he wasn't. it wasn't a, like a Gomez or bust kind of situation, and we've got someone that he was happy with, so all good. Well, up next, we'll have a look at the upcoming match, the first match of the season against Manchester City. Scott, for this game, are you excited about the possibility of West Ham starting strong, or do you think possibly it'll be like every season before we start behind the eight ball because we have a top six top four top one opponent uh liverpool last year this year we get manchester city uh, at least we're at home this time but do, do you think we're going to be starting out behind the eight ball or a little bit um you know we could maybe surprise city a little bit with with us uh in our new team here if it was any other team apart from maybe the City or Liverpool in the Premier League, I would say we had a really good chance of surprising them, taking them friendly off. I don't like to be negative. Uh, I never like to be negative when West Ham involved, but City's team is, is spectacular. Like from start to like from front to back, they've got so many options. They can play in so many different ways, so many different people that and they, they have such a hold over us in the last few seasons. Uh, I think we've only really challenged them once or twice in the last three or four years. They, uh, yeah, they're, they're a special side. And whilst I think our performance will be strong, I'm very, I'm still gonna very much be excited to watch us. I can't see us getting anything out of it. I, I want to disagree with you. I, I picked uh, a little spoiler in our preseason and our, our pre-match predictions. I picked uh, West Ham and City to draw 2-2. I think that would be exceptional because it shows that, again, West Ham are going to allow goals, but against City, you're, you're going to anyways. But also that, that there's a bit of resolve there. And I also think a real big factor in this match could be the use of uh, VAR. Uh, we don't know exactly how that's going to play out in the Premier League. We saw some videos today come out on social media explaining it from a, from a fan's perspective what will be happening. Uh, it has to be definitive. It'll be every every uh, penalty decision, goal decision. So who knows if an offside gets turned over. West Ham play with that high back line, but City disguise a lot of runs, especially with uh, Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero, and Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva sending those balls in. Like That's an exceptional force right there, as you were saying. Could be interesting to see, though. Did the little teams finally get some justice with uh, with some video-assisted refereeing? Yeah, well, I think it will be interesting because I, no one really knows how it's going to impact because 
it's it, all it's going to do is, or it should do, is uh, bring those decisions equal. It should it should mean that there's none of this, or far less of it anyway, the bias towards the big teams uh, in big situations. So uh, yeah, I mean, like, if you look, I think our last last year was the one where David Silva went down, or Bernardo Silva went down a little bit easy in the box. I don't yeah. know if that's going to be returned though. It's 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 a real interesting case. I mean. If anyone watches cricket, uh, they have this, they have the decision review system there, and basically, once the decision's given, it has to be super strong evidence for it to be overturned. And it's the same kind of thing that with the once the VAR, once the ref gives a decision, the VAR has to have clear evidence that it's the wrong decision. Uh, it's not a case of they then get to look at it and go, "Oh, maybe I was wrong." Uh, it's like we're not really sure. Let's overturn it. It's, it should be a case that the VAR should only come into play if there's clear evidence it's wrong. Uh, so I don't know about that, but there's been cases where we've had um, a player gone down with no contact, and or a goal against uh, the goal we conceded against Liverpool last year, where he was about three yards offside, but, but the linesman wasn't watching. So that would be overturned. So it's going to be interesting, and with someone like Mark Noble taking up that. Oh, actually, I don't know. Does Mark Noble start? Who takes our penalties now? With VAR, you're likely to get a few more. So, has someone's going to have? A f- Do we give it to Ale as our new striker? Give him a few more goals for his first season? Who knows? But it's a it's a chance for someone to probably score a few more goals than they usually would because I don't think anyone denies that there's going to be more penalties uh, with a VAR involved and more free kicks. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out. I- the big thing I think is going to be, like, as you said, again, for our American and, and Canadian listeners, hockey has the challenge now where it has to be definitive. Same with the MLB, uh, NFL, who knows that that's a, that's a mess with how they figure out penalties and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for teams like West Ham who feel <laughs> victimized by the, 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 the potential bias of referees to top six clubs. That is going to be, um, you know, kind of not allowed anymore and as well once uh, something definitive has been found it'll be played on the screens in the stadium so supporters can see which is really interesting as well because it's basically saying it's it's irrefutable there it is have a look which i think is good um do you have a score prediction for me for this match uh yeah i I think uh I sent it across to Jeremiah, who's doing our prediction articles now. I think that's a 2-0 uh, City, and I think that's a fair effect. It might be 2-1, potentially. If you had uh, to pick a goal scorer for, for West Ham, who do you think it would be? Uh, I think we're going to see Lanzini get on the score sheet. He's looked bright in uh, pre-season. He's scored all types of goals. He's scored from long range. He's scored left foot, right foot. Uh, he's looking good. and. I think now that the transfer window is over, if he starts in any way bright, we have to get his contract sorted because he's only got a year left. And to have him go for cheap in January or for free at the end of the year would be criminal. Yeah, I, I think I, I think Lanzini is my pick for goal, uh, top goal scorer this season. Um, just you know, based off what we've seen preseason, like you said, he's been lighting it up. So I, I pick I, I would pick him to get on the score sheet, but I think we're going to see a penalty. Um, given out, it's too tasty. It's too perfect of a of a storyline, and I think uh, Alaire will will take that for West Ham. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm sticking to my two two prediction, but again, I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't think it's the end of the world if uh, 
if West Ham lose this match. It's it's a tough matchup. That being said, anything can happen. First day of the season, a lot of new moving pieces in the team that weren't there in the Premier League Asia Trophy. So we'll see what happens, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's going to be fun, whatever happens. And uh, I hope, um, I kind of hope that Liverpool will uh, smash Norwich so that we've kind of got the first, like, we're not definitely not going to be the first um, sort of uh, drumming of the season. Uh, it would that, suck if, if Norwich beat them 2 1 or something like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, and then we, yeah, it, 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 I mean, it would be great for the Premier League if uh, <laughs> those rotor teams came up and did well. And it would be great for the Premier League for us to beat City on the first day. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll finish off here this episode with some rapid fire hammers polls questions. Uh, I'll give you the score. If I don't, Scott, remind me, and I will give the uh, give everyone the the numbers there. But uh, we'll just sort of fire through, give our thoughts, and and basically you know see where we want to vote. Uh, the first question here comes from at WestMU WHU Iron Times. Uh, it's on hammers polls at hammers polls on Twitter or hammerspolls.com. The question is, with significant investment from the board uh, in the management, backroom staff, transfer stadium, and training facilities in recent years, is it fair to say the board have put their money where their mouth is? Are you happy with the job they are doing at the club? What do you say, Scott? No, I think they've done, they have kind of got to where it is now. I mean, with our spending, we're probably looking at like 40, 50 million net spend once all the clauses are paid off and this kind of thing. and they've gone for younger players. So yeah, I think this season or last season they've certainly started to put like put the money where the mouth is. That maybe the um, the dividends from moving to London Stadium are starting to come through uh, in terms of like no overhead costs and this kind of thing. So yeah, I, I can't really complain too much uh, over the last couple of years. I know we've missed out on some players, but we're not privy to all of the details and. There's so many people involved in a single transfer now that to blame it all on the board all the time is probably being unfair. Uh, certainly for now, I think they're. Uh, it doesn't give them a free pass for years to come, but I think they're definitely on their way to make like fulfilling promises. Is well, yeah. Silios gets all the praise when we get someone in. That's great, but when we don't get someone in, everyone slates David Sullivan. Doesn't really make sense. Uh, as well, David Sullivan ap- apparently took control of the negotiations for Alair when Vasilios uh, was in China with the team. So, um, you know, different things happen, you know, different ways. I-, I say yes as well. I think they're doing a good job. They're putting with their money where their mouth is now. They felt the pressure from the fans, certainly. Um, and 85% of voters agree with us on this one. Uh, up next here, uh, Andy Carroll has signed a one-year deal for Newcastle and will earn an incentive-based salary. Are you disappointed West Ham didn't keep him? Scott, I think I could kind of hear you laughing in the background there, but you're probably ecstatic that he's no longer with this team. Am I right with that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's um, worth really talking about. We should be talking about the players we have now and the decision we have going forward. And we have the players that have left have... I'm not. I'm not upset really about any of the ones that have left uh, permanently. Um, yeah, so that's uh, I think we should move on. Yeah, I'm with you there. And 91% of people agree. No, we're not disappointed. Uh, okay, uh, of the four outfield signings West Ham have made, who will have the biggest impact on the team during the fir- their first uh, time at the club? The answers are Fornals, Alaire, Ajedi, or Cardoso. Ooh. Uh... 
That is interesting. Um, biggest impact. I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, I think Fournals is a big shout for that. But then if Alaire comes in and actually scores the goals we've been craving for so long, uh, yeah, I mean, and then you also got the other two who are, who are also very young and come through. I mean, Fournals is, I think, amongst the youngest, and or, or Cardoso is the youngest. Obviously, Bergetti's the same age as Fournals ish. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Ale. I think he could be a big, big change in the way that we play, or this the, the, the our ability to play a certain way. Anyway, and I, I really think I, I'm really going to back him to do well in his time. I agree with you there. That I, I can't really say anything else on that. And 48% of people agree with us. 49%, however, picked Fornals. A Jetty got two percent, and Cardoso with one percent. Um, an interesting poll there, though, because it it, it specifies. Um, with their first time with the club. So I, I don't know if that's in regards to when they first play or whatnot. So, you know, it, let's say Bob Buena gets injured and Cardoso comes in and, and has a, a rock of a game. That could be just as important as LR scoring a goal in a draw or, or win or, or draw or loss to, to City. You never know, right? Like, it's all situational. But I think that the fact that we have four solid picks for that coming out of the transfer window is a positive for us. Um, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I said 100%. I think it's uh, uh, an interesting time. And, uh, yeah, if you compare those to the players they're replacing, um, it's very exciting. Uh, West Ham have confirmed the signing of 22-year-old Ajedi from Basel this morning on a four-year deal. The striker has taken the number 27 and has some big boots to fill. Who has been the best player to wear that squad number? Payet, Arnautovic, <laughs> Perez, or Kati? Copper. Um, well, I mean... You saying Tony Tony Cotty wore twenty seven? Uh, that is what the poll suggests here. I mean, like, I mean, Payet was great for a year and a half. Arnautovic, I'm pretty sure, sacked off number twenty seven as soon as seven became available. Uh, well, I can't maybe. Uh, but then, um, I yeah, Tony Cotty has been he's a great ambassador for the club even now. Um, I think uh, I think that's my answer for that one. Yeah. See, I picked Payet. 67% of people picked Payet, but Cotty was second place with 29%. So it's it's either the instant uh, spectacular or the servant mentality, and, and Payet gets, wins with the flash there, I suppose. Uh, we can end off with this question here, and it sort of leads into some news as well. Uh, we'll see Josh Cullen in a West Ham, will we see Josh Cullen in a West Ham shirt again after the club has confirmed a loan move to Charlton uh, for the season? That, that deal does have a uh, recall clause in January. Uh, will we see Josh Cullen in a West Ham shirt again? What do you think, Scott? It's mm, uh, a tough one because... Obviously, that recall clause is fairly positive, um, but I reckon that's a backup in case we suddenly see Sanchez and Wilshire go down with injury and we suddenly need some midfield reinforcement. Uh, I don't know if he's good enough to really make... He maybe would have been good enough for us a few years ago. Uh, if we're, But now we're really looking at sticking around the top half of the table. See the kind of player we want bringing in. I don't know. I, I, I don't see him being the same quality as Rice, and it's tough. But you really need to be setting a, like a certain standard for players coming up from the academy. And I don't know if Cullen makes it. It's very, it's super tough because it's really hard to make a judgment call on someone we haven't really seen that much of. 
Yeah, I, I think this is it for him too. Uh, I don't. You kind of were tiptoeing around that point. Maybe I jumped to the conclusion, but I, I think it's. He, this is the last year on his deal. This is a one-year loan deal. Chances are, if he does well for Charlton, West Ham recall him in January and sell him to them for you know a couple hundred thousand pounds and move on from the player. Uh, it'll be tough to see because, like you said, a couple years ago, if he was the age he is now, a couple years ago. Um, let's say rape right when Slavin Bilic got in the team or maybe a year before that, he, he would have been a mainstay in the, in the, in the team, you know, English, he, he would have probably ticked some boxes for David Moyes if he had been extended as well. So you never know exactly what the team's going to look like, but I think Josh Cullen's too, too old now. I think he's 23. So the team's grown past his, his abilities with their ambition. And unfortunately that will be it for him at West Ham, 87% think that uh, his time is up as well uh, we should also mention Grady D and Ghana has gone on loan to West Brom that was uh, broken by X yesterday uh, and was confirmed today I think that's an awesome move for him he could be one of the top goal scorers in the championship next season in all honesty if he if he uh, plays off the team well they, they also re-signed Dwight Gale and got uh, Charlie Austin today as well in West Brom for Slavin Bilic so there's a lot of uh, of exciting things going on there and i actually placed a bet on them to be promoted <laughs> at the end of the season so my money's on dean gana helping him with that well any thoughts on dean gana there closing out thoughts on the window here yeah i was uh, i think it's a good move for him oh, i hope it's a good move for him if he gets first team play then yeah it's probably good i i really rate dean gana i think he could have well been in and around the uh first team uh certainly as a a, like a backup to some of the wingers we have I prefer him and I know this is uh, an argument to be had another day but I prefer him to Mikhail Antonio on the wing uh, I think he holds the ball a lot better I think he distributes it a lot better and he's someone that I, I do definitely want to see back in a West Ham shirt uh, the, the glimpses we had from him last season when he was in the team were very strong and I, there's a lot of buzz around him uh, I think he's exciting so all the best for him, uh, but I would have really liked to have seen him in a West Ham show this year. And I think we will see him in the future, but that will do it for us here in our, in our transfer recap special and our look ahead to the Man City game uh, from Scott and myself and all the guys over at Green Street Hammers here. We say thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.